Welcome to this edition of Chit Chat, It's More Than Just Talk. I'm your host, Angela Holloway. For the next couple of episodes, probably the next three, I want to deviate a little bit from maybe our regular life tips, although these are life tips, but I want to focus specifically on job searching, looking for a job, getting ready to hit the pavement in search of a job, to get noticed, and to get hired. So one of the things that I do as a business outside of my nine to five, my entrepreneurship is I'm the business grower. And I am a personal and business branding consultant. And personal consulting for me or personal branding for me, I really specialize in people putting themselves out there And that could be for most people for a job, to apply for a career. It could also mean if you are getting out there as an actress, as a speaker, promoting your own business, that's what I do. I hope you promote you. So for the next few episodes or so, I want to talk about getting ready, getting noticed, and getting hired. This is all part of a workshop that I also do in person. I started doing it with high school students, and I've branched it out into the community to help people with the skills they need to get hired. So a brief background on what I, on why I do what I do or how I'm able to do what I do. I am a, currently a manager for the state that I live in. <laughs> I don't know how much information I wanna give out, but <laughs> I am a state employee and I I have been for about 16 years, and I have sat on and conducted many interviews over the years. Even before I conducted interviews, I had the pleasure of screening applications. And we had jobs that, you know, very entry-level jobs where we got no less than 200 applications. And so my job was to read the application, screen it for the things that were asked for, And to narrow down the pile, because we couldn't interview 200 people. And it wasn't hard to narrow down. So we would narrow down basically, you know, obviously if you didn't have the experience. If we asked for five years and you only had two, that's a, you know, red flag or that means you're not qualified. And that's understandable. A lot of people apply hoping, you know, keeping their fingers crossed that they'll get in. But... There were a lot of applications that made their way to the rejected pile, that made their way to the no pile, that had qualifications, but they were missing a vital piece of their application package. Believe it or not, you know, if we say send in a resume, a cover letter, application and references, people would miss one or two of those pieces of information. Like, why would you just not send in a cover letter? A cover letter could be a paragraph. You can just type anything. I have to be honest with you, for 200 applications, we did not read cover letters, but I checked to see if you had it. If you didn't have it, your the rest of your application, as beautiful as it may have been, goes into the rejected pile. It has to. The, the only way to be fair and equitable is to keep everyone on the same plane. There were people that would miss not have a resume. And I guess they assume I'll just send it without one and they'll hire me. No, not when there's competition like that. We're looking for reasons to get, you know, to narrow it down, not reasons to have more people to interview. 
there were people who would not send in references or they would do the classic references available upon request. Um, we're asking for them now as you apply for the job. If that's not a request, I don't know what is. So seeing things like that over the years, I realized that a lot of people are qualified and they make simple mistakes. They don't even get to the interview. Now, interview mistakes are a whole nother topic. So I'm going to break this down into, like I said, about three episodes. I am going to talk about resumes and cover letters. I am going to talk about interviewing and dressing for success. This particular episode is going to talk about preparation for your job search. So I call it clean it up, clean it up. <laughs> and I, I kind of compare job searching to anything else you're preparing to do. So if you're, if you're trying to sell your house, I think most people know, if you're trying to sell your house, you clean up your house. You know, you literally buy a storage bin and you live off of the basic, the bare minimums because you don't need a house full of clutter. Your house can be very great, great neighborhood, great bones, but when potential buyers walk in and see it dirty, that's all they remember. And so, you know, there's professional staging, there's staging professionals who come in and make a house look like it's ready to be sold. You don't always need a professional stager, but you do need your house clean and full of, you know, free of clutter. So you got to clean it up. Think about if someone is, is hitting the dating market, maybe after divorce or what have you, and they're deciding to go out dating again. What do they do? They clean stuff up, lose weight, get a new hairdo, right? Buy some new clothes, clean up their calendar so they can start dating. They prepare for the thing that they want to do. So when it comes to job hunting, job searching, preparation is key. Preparation is key. And cleaning it up is a topic that people miss. <laughs> we live in a world today of we're always on 24 seven. We are on right. You could be listening to this podcast right now, anywhere from 5am, 2am, 12 noon, doesn't matter 10 years from now. So we're always on, we're always doing something. And there's a lot of residue that's left from all those, all of this activity that we are involved in daily. And so clean it up is necessary for a job interview. So there's three pieces I want you to clean up. Really four, but the fourth one is about dressing for the part. And I'm gonna get into that on a separate episode titled Dress for Success. But I want you to clean up your social media, your email, and your voicemail. So let's talk about social media. Social media, it, it's just this whole thing, right? I think people can and should do case studies on social media, not even the internet. I'm not talking about the World Wide Web, just your Facebook, your Twitter, your Snapchat, your Instagram. That's a case study right there. I'm just pick something, pick a subject and look at how it's played out on social media and you can write an entire dissertation. Social media if it's, is its own monster, if you will. It has pros and cons, obviously. But it's just this thing. It's like that old movie, The Blob. It has literally taken over everything. So social media, you got to clean up your social media. I cannot stress this enough. Even once you are hired, there are people that are losing their jobs because of things they're posting to social media. When will we learn? Clean it up. Now... So you, a boss, I don't know if an employer can look at your social media and say, I can't hire you. 
I work for the government, so you know I can't do that. But you know, if I if I'm a parent hiring a nanny, and I look at your social media and I see things that don't sit right with my family values, I will not hire you. And I can tell you that. Now, again, working for the government or another big employer, maybe they can't use those words. But trust me, if they don't want to hire you, they'll find something wrong with your application or something. So if they go on your social media page and you're wilding out and it's not a good look, it could cost you a job. So some of the things to stay away from on social media, obviously the big taboo things, right? Sex, race, religion, politics. These are all topics that I have no problem talking about. I really don't. But look at me. I'm the host of a podcast. Chit chat is more than just talk. If I didn't talk about sex, race, or religion, what am I talking about? (laughs) But I don't mind talking about these things. But I understand that they are taboo. I understand that tempers are going to be flared and things can happen when you start talking about sex, race, religion, and politics. I understand how sensitive they are. So your social media pages... Clean it up. Keep it free from those things. If you've got posts, you may have to delete them. If, you know, when you're in the middle of a job search, just keep it, hey, funny memes, not offensive memes, and just real lighthearted. Or nothing at all. There's nothing wrong with actually deactivating your social media page while you're on a job search. If you have a page that's really out there, I suggest you do it. <laughs> there's, you know, there's no page you can probably really clean up that good. Maybe just deactivate it while you're doing your job search. Um, you can also have several different social media pages. So if I have a page that's Angela Holloway, it's going to represent what I want Angela Holloway to look like. Now, I might have a page out there called Jane Doe. It doesn't have my picture. It's not my name. I don't have any friends in real life that I actually know. And you wouldn't know it's me. Now, I don't have that, but a lot of people do. We call them trolls, but a lot of people just want to surf the net. You know, they want to be incognito. They want to, you know, maybe laugh at certain things, express certain opinions, and they want to do it safely. And I'm not really mad at them. Like, you know, if you're the mayor, you can't, you have your mayor page, but you can't really go on people's pages laughing at certain things and talking about certain things. You don't have that. You know, your life is an open book. So you may, a mayor, a governor, a political figure may have a fake page. Um, And again, it doesn't have to be this bad thing that you just want to go on the dark web and do things. It could be that, (laughs) but it could not be that. It could just be, I need to protect my identity and keep my work separate from who I am. So you have an alias online. But again, deactivating your page is a good idea. Cleaning your page is a great idea. Starting a separate page that is not your name, so that if someone searches your name, they're not going to find you, may be a good idea. Social media. This is not the time to get into a bunch of arguments. You never know who knows someone, but do believe that six degrees of separation is real. And whatever the next level down from that is, (laughs) you know, if it jumps down to five or four, I think we are there. Like, I can literally have friends in China right now, and neither one of us has stepped foot outside of our country. So we are in this place where now, like, you don't know who knows whom. And social media, some of the people that I have mutual friends with, like on Facebook, I like, how do you two know each other? Like, two people I would have never connected. You don't know who knows whom. And I'm not just talking Facebook knows, but you don't know who's related to whom. You know, I'm a black woman. I have white people in my family. Like, in my family. So you can't say this person is not my relative. They are. 
And, you know, we're of a certain age now. People have gotten married, remarried. Last names mean nothing. So you don't know who's related to whom. And you have to be very careful. I could be going off about a, a local incident in the news. Maybe going off about a local officer that did something. And that officer is my boss's son or boss's cousin or boss's neighbor. You never know. And so that kind of thing is costing people jobs, just to let you know. And I know everyone wants to voice their opinion. We want to add our two cents to everything in the world. But I'm telling you, it's okay to not do that, especially when you are job hunting or if you get into a really sensitive position. So clean up your social media. You never know what's going to trigger somebody. You can't tiptoe around everything. But again, sex, race, religion, politics. Keep your page free from that and you're doing pretty good. Moving on to email. Email is this big thing too. I actually saw a post in a group that I'm in the other day that like, it made me say, I got to get up here and do this podcast and I got to get this lesson out there to people about cleaning up your email. A young woman applied for a job and they followed up with her via email, but it came from a different email address. So it didn't come from, let's say, um, Coles.com. It came from... Mary Jo Smith at Coles.com. And so when she saw it, she didn't recognize it as a recruiter email and missed the deadline because they gave her like five days to respond as they should. And so she was upset and she wanted to know what to do. Obviously, she couldn't email them back, say, I missed the deadline, blah, 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 and see if they offer her grace or what have you. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But ultimately, I only advice I have for her is the advice I'm going to give you all now is prevention. Prevention is always easier than a cure. When it comes to email, clean it up. Right now on my phone, my emails, I have about 1,700 unread emails. And let me tell you, I've gone through and deleted a lot of emails, took myself off of a lot of mail lists, and I still have that many. I'm going to do it again this weekend because I really got to clean it up. But again, preparation for a job search. Take the time to unsubscribe from all those emails that you get that you don't open. I know, you give your email address every time you shop, you want a 10% off coupon at Old Navy, I get it, and now you're getting inundated with emails. So you're gonna have to take the time to unsubscribe. Here's something I noticed too, it's I have an iPhone, I have Gmail, so I don't know if you could do this with every phone and every mail list, but with Gmail, so I go in, I unsubscribe from oldnavy.com, right? Then I go back to my Gmail, and I can actually block Old Navy from sending me emails. This is helpful for two reasons. One, unsubscribe list, they'll tell you that it may take a while. They may say seven to 10 days, what have you. But I've known for a fact that I've, I've unsubscribed from an email and then like, I still get the email. And so blocking them means now I can't get your email. So if you never get to getting me off the list, if you never get around to taking me off your email list, I still don't get your email because I blocked you. So that's helpful. It's also helpful because if you do a search, so I did a search for Nike because I went and bought something for Nike and I had to get my receipt. When I did a search for Nike, I had three different Nike email addresses that was sending me stuff. Because one is like Nike do not reply. One was directly from the Nike store that I bought the sneakers from. Another one, I guess, was just Nike.com because I signed up for an app. So a lot of these stores, I think it's not by accident either that there's many email addresses. Old Navy will send you one 
they'll send you a receipt from one email. They'll send you a coupon from another email. They'll send you, you know, the flyer from another email. All you see is Old Navy and that's all you know. But, you know, the rest of the email and the address is is different. There's do not reply. There's OldNavy.com. There's sales at Old Navy. So you really have to block, like, that entire spectrum of names to keep from getting emails. But take the time to do it. Because you don't want emails coming in and being lost, right? We live in a day and age where you're probably going to apply for a job online. At at some point in your job search process, people are going to email you. I can guarantee you that. And so your email needs to be clear so that the right emails come through. So take the time now. Unsubscribe from things. Block things. And try not to sign up for new things. Another thing that you can do, and this, this is really helpful, is start a new email. Email is still free. So if you are job hunting and your email, currently your inbox has thousands of emails, clean it up, yes, but start a new email that you specifically give to employers. This is the email where I send all my resumes. This is the email I give all recruiters. And that way, anything that comes to that email, you know is important. Right, it's not going to be an old navy ten percent off coupon. It's not going to be, you know, somebody the department store telling you they're having the biggest sale of the season, which always seems to be like every season, every other week, Macy's is having the biggest sale of the season. But you won't have those emails clogging the pipeline to the really important emails. Okay, so get a new email address. It's free, and it's one that you can specifically give to employers and recruiters. And that way you know, this is my job email. And check it often, but keep it clean where nothing comes through there but that. Also, um, depending on where you are in the, in, the, in the generation X, Y, Z, whatever we're at now, you may have to clean up your email, the address itself. So my son, for example, he was fresh Dre, whatever, <laughs> for, for many years. You know, he's 23, so he... He's pretty much been using email like since fourth grade, right? The school gave them an email address. And it's funny because I didn't even have email in college, right? <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> this is where we're, we've come to. But by the time he got into, you know, 10th, 11th grade for sure, and he was actually applying for jobs, applying for colleges, taking the PSAT, what have you, he changed his email to be more reflective of a professional life. First name, last name at gmail.com. Clean up your email. If your email right now is bigbootyjenny at yahoo.com, it's probably not the best email to give out to recruiters. Again, I hear you saying, can nobody judge me? It's just an email. If that's going to stop me from getting a job, pause right there because it could stop you from getting a job. And is that what you want? Like, okay, Jenny, you got a big booty. Great. But do you want a job or not? So I'm telling you, the title of this is how to get ready, get noticed, and get hired. So yes, Big Booty Jenny is not a valid email or it's not an appropriate email to give to a recruiter or to give to a potential employer. Get a new email. It's free. I have the, I have the privilege of having a very unique first name, a uniquely spelled first name. So I am like one of the few people I know that has an email address that has no numbers in it. And I'll give my email address out to people and they'll say, there's no numbers? No, because my name is spelled so uniquely that no one has my email address. 
Now, yes, if your name is Bob Jones, you you have you'll probably be Bob Jones one two six five eight nine two three at yahoo.com. So you really can't help that if you have a very, very common name. But if you don't, try to be creative. So if you're Mrs. Jones, Mrs. J. Jones, or something that you can add into your name so you don't have to come up with a thousand numbers. An easier email address is gonna be better. Yes, if a recruiter sends you an email and it gets kicked back, they'll send it again, they're supposed to. But again, a shorter email is gonna work better for you. So if you have a real common name, yes, that might be hard for you to do. I understand, I I, I sympathize, although (laughs) I don't have that problem. But if you don't have a common name, maybe you can get very creative. First name, last name always works, but if you can't do that, last name, first name, put a mister in there, you know, something to just keep it from being extremely long. Clean it up. All right, so we talked about reducing the number of emails you have via spam uh, or unsubscribing or getting entirely a new email address, which I recommend. But you got to remember you have a new email. The email address that I have, it flows off my tongue like a email, like a phone number. So I don't know if I would get a new email address for me because... <laughs> I think I'll probably forget. I probably give people the old email and then later on realize, oh, I gave them the wrong one. So I give you this piece of advice, but be cautious of it. Maybe if you do start up a new email, make that your primary email, like on your phone or something like that, so that you don't miss the notifications. You know, but clean it up. Don't have it too cluttered. All right. Clean it. I talked about the spam or unsubscribing getting a new email address, changing the name to be more appropriate. Voicemail. So recruiters and employers are still using the phone. I actually, I have recently offered interviews to people via email and phone. I will email people, they apply via email, I'll email it back with the offer, you know, reply to me if you want to interview basically. But I will follow up with a phone call because a lot of people do not, they're not used to corresponding with an employer via email yet. And I know my email may have got lost and buried. So I'm being gracious, but we're getting to the time where there's not going to be grace like this. Either you, either you answer your email or you don't. You answer your phone or you don't. And there's a lot of people that, you know, I've given them 24 hours to call me back and they call me back three days later and the, the window has closed. So you want this clean it up is so important. You got to make space for what you want. You want a job, make space for it. So voicemail, a lot of people don't answer numbers that they don't recognize. And I'm okay with that too because, you know, sometimes letting it go to voicemail is your way of taking control. You don't want to necessarily talk to a recruiter or an employee when you're like driving on the highway, you're cussing out the other drivers, kids in the back screaming, you know. Uh, Don't answer the phone, you're on the toilet, you're sitting down snacking on Cheetos, you know. So let it go to voicemail and you call them back when when you can. When you're in a quiet room, you're in the right frame of mind to take the call. You don't want to answer the phone, hello, because you're in the middle of something and it's, you know, the person offering you a job or what have you. So again, it's okay to let it go to voicemail, but clean your voicemail. Many times people will text me and say, I called you, your voicemail's full. I don't even know. I didn't even realize that phone calls were coming through and voicemails were being left and all of that jazz. So I'm telling you what I know. Clean up your voicemail. Basically, just go through it and, de- and delete and leave space so that people can leave you a message. That's all. And then check it, 
right? If you have missed calls, go back and check it. You're not going to recognize the number that they call you from. It's not going to say, you know, Macy's.com. It's going to be a number. You're going to have to call it back and see who called you. And again, you're on a job search, so don't, yo, somebody called Johnny, you know, be professional. You don't know who's going to be in the other line, so be professional. That's also important, too, in voicemails. This doesn't really happen now, but, you know, if this was in 1990, 2001, this would be true, right? So you call somebody's voicemail. They have some soft music playing in the background, little R. Kelly or what have you. It plays for like 30 seconds, just, you know, music playing. Then the person gets on the phone and it's like, you reach Johnny. You know, hit me up. Leave your number. I'll call you back. If I'm not busy, you know, saying something sexy, something slick, maybe a lot of cursing. People, I guess, maybe still do that. I honestly don't leave voicemails, so I don't really listen to people's voicemails. I'll just, if you don't answer, I'll, I know that you see that I have a missed call. I don't usually leave a voicemail. And most people, you can't because it's full. <laughs> so I don't listen to voicemails. But if that's you, clean it up. Again, you want to be romantic, you want to be sexy, you want to be whatever, cussing people out on your voicemail, clean it up when it's time for a job search. If you still do that thing where someone calls your voicemail and you're like, hello, hello, you know, pretending you're answering the phone, I can't hear you, speak up. That is, it's, it's, it's whack, <laughs> it's played out, it's corny. You can do that if you want. But again, when it comes to time to look for an employee, to look for a job, clean that up. Clean that up. Um, again, if there's any profanity or anything like that going on in the background, clean it up. Um, oh, if your voicemail says, yo, you reached, you know, if your voicemail says you reached Big Booty Jenny, leave a message. You may want to clean that up too. It's just first name, last name, clean it up. You're on a job search. So at this time, the preparation is key. You, These things may seem simple, and I don't know if they do. I don't know. But they're things that really could keep you from not standing out. Again, I have not seen a job that we've posted in my agency, and I've been doing this for a long time, that did not get more than 150, did not get less than 150 applicants. One job, one tiny building, in one tiny state, you know, I don't, I don't live in California or New York, gets that many applicants. What I'm trying to tell you, my friends, is competition is fierce. Competition is fierce. And you need to stand out, but not stand out in the negative not don't be that the person that is like, oh my God, did you see their Facebook? Don't be that person like, oh my God, their email was trash. Don't be that person, oh my God, their voicemail was sounded like a porn. You don't want to be that person. You want to be the one that stands out on the positive side. You answered, you responded right away. You were pleasant. There's no skeletons seemingly in your closet. That's who you want to be. That's how you get hired. So I hope these tips about cleaning it up are helpful to you. Again, a young woman that posted about her email getting lost from a recruiter and she missed the deadline, that hurt my heart because this information is vital. If she would have just got a new email that she only gives out to employers, she wouldn't have missed it. If she would have cleaned up the spam from her other email, she would not have missed it. So a simple step that seems like not a big deal kept her from that job. So, And we can say things like, well, what's for, what God has for you is for you. And if it's for you, it's come to pass. But I don't, I, I do believe that, but I think we use that as an excuse and a cop-out for not taking responsibility, for not preparing. Preparation is always, prevention, excuse me, is easier than a cure. So let's just take, do our part to prepare ourselves 
for what it is you're asking for. So I'm going to do another episode where we talk about resumes and cover letters. I'm going to try to make it, I do a PowerPoint for this. So obviously if I'm just talking, I'm going to make it as lively as possible, not too long, three bullet points about resumes, three bullet points about cover letters, just to give you some ideas of what to do. And then the, the fun one is dressing for success. That's one that I just love to do um, and, and help you get ready for the world of work, the interview and beyond. So this is Angela Holloway, and this has been Chit Chat. It's more than just talk. Thank you for tuning in, and I will catch you next episode.